It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome to Green and Growing right here on 95.5 WSB. I am your host, Ashley Frasca, and you know the second hour of the show to be the time when I have on a celebrity gardener. And this one has been months in the making, folks. I'm really, really excited to bring someone very special to you this Saturday. He has been so generous to take time out of his very busy schedule. A lot of you are going to know a Rolling Stone with Georgia Roots, this one here. A tree farmer, a conservationist, and a darn good musician, Chuck Lavelle. Hey, Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. Wonderful to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I got to tell you, I've had folks reach out on social media when I kind of threw it out there. You know, who are some Georgians that you would love to hear from that you know are in the gardening world? And your name came up more than once. So I think folks are going to be really happy to learn from you and all of the efforts you're doing with conservation and sustainability. Well, it's a real honor to be on. Well, you and your wife, Rose Lane, owners of the Charlene Plantation down in Twiggs County, Georgia, and doing a little bit of research there, Chuck, in middle Georgia, her family, correct me if I'm wrong, has been in there, in in that area, for almost three centuries. Is that right? Yes. um, Various factions of her family uh, all have deep roots in uh, Twiggs County. Some of the land goes back to land grants uh, from the king and has been passed through. And of course, a lot of that has been broken up through the years, but there is some fractions of that that Rose Lane still has. And uh, the actual land that she inherited back in 1981 from her grandmother was a tract that uh, her grandmother and grandfather purchased back in the 1930s. So when the grandmother passed away in 1981, she left that parcel of land to Rose Lane. And we eventually moved out and started to try to carry on this heritage of stewardship of the land. Tell me about the character of the plantation, because it seems that the two of you are just so deeply embedded in it and it in, in the two of you as well. When Rose Lane inherited the initial property, which was about a thousand acres, it was a diversified farm. There, there was cattle on the place, there was row cropping going on, uh, and there was some timber as well. Row cropping and cattle farming, those kind of things, seemed to be way too much day to day for me if I wanted to follow my musical career. And we started looking into all kinds of options. We looked into peach trees, pecan trees, nursery stock. But again, they all seemed like they were going to really require full-time operation. One morning, my brother-in-law, Rose Lane's brother, said, you know, if you guys are not going to plant this 50-acre field down the way that we normally plant on a crop, you might consider just going ahead and planting uh, trees on it. And boy, a light bulb kind of went off in my head. (laughs) And the first thing I thought of, uh, Ashley, was the connection of of music and wood. You know, where does that marvelous thing that's given me a great career and so much joy come from? And of course, from the resource of wood, as do most musical instruments. Then the other aspect of it was this is long term. It's not so much day to day. It's good for the earth, uh, carbon sequestration. Uh, wildlife, et cetera, et cetera. So it really fit uh, a lot of the bills that I was looking to personally try to accomplish. Conservation is so important, but how would you explain that to city folk or someone who's not really aware of what is involved in conservation? 
That's a great question. And, and let's start with the word sustainability, which is perhaps overused these days. Basically, what it means is you're going to be planting, growing, and managing more trees than you are going to be taking off the landscape. And if we can pause for just a second and think about, well, what else does that resource give us? Mm -hmm. Well, it gives us materials to make books, magazines, newspapers, packaging products. Uh, it, it gives us uh, materials to build our homes and schools and churches and offices, and it gives us uh, home and shelter to all manner of wildlife. Uh, we talked a little bit a minute ago about carbon sequestration. It, it cleans our air. It filters our water that goes into our rivers and streams. So it's hard to think of a resource, a natural resource, that is more important than trees and forests. The Georgia Forestry Association nominated you and Rose Lane as Tree Farmers of the Year in 1990. You won for the state of Georgia. And then in 1999, the American Tree Farm System selected you guys as National Outstanding Tree Farmers of the Year. So you've definitely done your part and you continue to do so. How did you decide when your brother-in-law had that idea what trees to grow? What fascinated you or how did you really get oriented with the trees that you ended up choosing? We wanted to do as much indigenous uh, as we could. We have to understand that the landscape uh, throughout the southeast has changed dramatically since European settlement. And uh, the original tree, the dominant tree uh, from Virginia down to East Texas throughout the eastern seaboard was longleaf pine. Uh, however, when th those forests were cut and the products used and agriculture came into the picture, et cetera, et cetera, uh, it was found in early stages that longleaf was a really fickle tree to reestablish. It has a very long taproot. It has to be planted very carefully. So the loblolly pine became more in favor, and that's the dominant tree that we see, at least in the uh, pine species across the southeast now. Of course, let's don't forget the Appalachian areas where you had uh, the wonderful American chestnut tree that mm -hmm. was lost to the blight. Right. Uh, however, the good news there is the American Chestnut Foundation does a wonderful job in trying to uh, reestablish that tree and the, the longleaf. I'd say about 20, 25 years ago, there began a effort through the Longleaf Alliance and through other uh, private landowners to say, well, let's see if we can bring the Longleaf back. And so a lot, a lot of the nurseries did great work in uh, growing what we now call containerized longleaf. And that is, instead of having a bare root, there is soil around that root. And so it makes it easier to establish and easier to grow. And uh, we've engaged in that. I think we have about 350 acres of longleaf that we've been planting over the last 15 years or so. And, you know, we would not be Southerners ourselves if we did not recognize oak trees and magnolia trees and of course the southern pines too. Chuck, give us some of maybe the diseases that everyone can recognize a pine tree, right? A lot of us are beginning gardeners, just getting acquainted with nature. What are some of the diseases or blights that we would need to be able to recognize that could affect our pine trees here in Georgia? Oh, well, that is a great question. In, in terms of insects, uh, there are three uh, insects that concern us. One is the Ips beetle, and the second is the uh, black gum turpentine beetle, and the third is the most feared, and that is the southern pine beetle. Uh, the Ips and the black gum turpentine beetle tend to only affect a tree or a number of trees in a relatively small area. 
just to uh, reiterate about the southern pine beetle, that guy can devastate a number of acres in a very short period of time. And so the the Georgia Forestry Commission does a great job of flyovers uh, with airplanes and helicopters where they're always looking down to see if they see brown spots. And they can warn a landowner, hey, it looks like you might have a outbreak on your place and uh, you try to attack it immediately. It's not just about trees and forests. It's about the big picture. It's the flora and the fauna within all the various plant life uh, that exists in ecosystems. It's always fascinated me to look at these different ecosystems and see how they operate and uh, how all the puzzle pieces fit together to, to make that system. Now, I'm speaking with Chuck Lavelle, world-renowned keyboardist for the Rolling Stones, at one point the Allman Brothers Band, just world-renowned. And now you can add TV host to your resume. And Chuck, everything you just said about the whole ecosystem, absolutely correct. And you have ventured out of the Southeast. You get to travel the country with your show, America's Forest, with Chuck Lavelle. And I think it's so important you're telling these families stories about tree farming and different aspects there what is the best thing that you get out of telling those stories for folks? It's been such a joy, Ashley. It really has. Um, we started this project of America's Forest uh, television program on PBS. There is just no uh, end to the subject matter of trees, forests, and, and everything within. So no shortage of content. Um, it is television, and it is entertainment. But we want it to be educational and uh, to you know, expose these wonderful stories of people that are working in our trees and forests. So anything from fire prevention, wildfire prevention to, uh, you know, people that work within the industry uh, or work in universities. And there, there's just so many stories to be told. I do have a new documentary. Yes, you uh, do, this, sir. Congratulations. <laughs> no, or December 1st. Is that still the release date? You do know. Thank you, Ashley. Yes, uh, yes it is. You can go to chucklavellethetreeman.com and see uh, the list of theaters. We are doing a limited theater release, and we're excited about that. It'll be in a couple of theaters in the Atlanta area. Uh, one that I know of is the famous Plaza Theater. There's three themes, if you will, to the film. One, of course, is the musical career. The other is my career in forestry and the environment. And the third, to me, the most important is a love story. Uh, Rose Lane and I have been married 48 years now. And uh, so I wanted that uh, story to come through as well. That is so important. So this documentary, Chuck Lavelle, The Tree Man, look for it out December 1st. And you just nailed down exactly what I was going to ask, the three aspects that it celebrates. Do you feel like there's any aspect of your life that maybe it missed? You're so complex and comprehensive in all that you're involved in. So did, did they hit all the high notes? <laughs> you did, absolutely. Listen, I just feel blessed to have these interests and to be able to do things uh, with those interests. And we're going to rock and roll. Don't worry about that. Well, Chuck, hang tight. We're going to roll right through a commercial break. And when I get you back on the other side, I want to ask you some tips for beginning gardeners, as well as some rapid fire questions. Folks can get to know you a little better. We'll be right back on Green and Growing. You're listening to WSB.
More from Chuck Lavelle in just a minute. So excited to have him as Celebrity Gardener. But first, locally here in Atlanta, Georgia, you want to know the weather today and tomorrow. Very similar highs in the low 70s, lows only in the low 60s. Not a big temperature change there. Partly cloudy and rain may enter the forecast on Tuesday. Traffic or weather is brought to you by Finley Roofing. We're back with Chuck Lavelle. You know his music and his talents from half of the bands you've heard on the radio. Chuck, I want to ask... It's the time to plant trees. What are some tips you have for our listeners? This is the right time of year to start thinking about planting uh, when the cold weather begins. And you certainly want to try to be done by, say, March or early March if possible. Make sure that tree is in an area where you can get water to it, especially the first year or two. Uh, Mulching is important. Try to mulch around to keep uh, other weeds and competition down. And just look after that puppy and have a good time with it. You've got a lot to do today. It's early on a Saturday morning, but rapid fire. First question, what's your favorite tree? <laughs> <laughs> Longleaf pine. That was the native tree in our area. I think it's a magnificent uh, tree, and I'm sticking with that. And the Charlene Plantation there, there's hunting, there's lodging. You and Rose Lane have animals. Your favorite dog? Oh, We have uh, two German, German short hair pointers that are our uh, current pets that we love so much. They're both just lovely and very... Uh, capable, smart, uh, good retrievers, uh, good companions, good uh, pointing dogs. So GSP, uh, German short hair pointers, babe and flow. And I can't, I can't choose between those two. They're, they're both uh, great dogs. <laughs> All right. And so politician or president or whomever that you've worked closely with that you would say has a really good record for attention to conservation and sustainability, since that is so important to us. No question. President Jimmy Carter, great man, great conservationist, uh, you know, incredible intellect, great uh, passion for for conservation, for eco uh, ecology in general, and just a brilliant man. Really glad to see that he is featured in the documentary, Chuck Lavelle, The Tree Man, coming up. They got really some good FaceTime with President Carter. We did. We were so fortunate. He's been a friend for many, many years. As you know, the Allman Brothers Band helped raise money for him back in the 70s running for president. And, you know, we were just so proud of him. He was a great governor. I think he was one of the greatest presidents ever. And and, uh, I'm just we're all blessed that he's still here on this planet at age 96, I believe. And still contributing so much, too, of course. All right. Lastly, I have to ask you your favorite song to play. Ah. Well, that's like picking a favorite child. I know. <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll say Jessica. You know, Jessica was a, a nice instrumental hit with the Allman Brothers Band. It, it was a great vehicle for a piano player. It gave me a nice spot. I get a lot of comments on the song, and, and I'd never get tired of playing it. But uh, the other one that I have to mention, my hero, Ray Charles, uh, nailed and made famous, and that is Georgia On My Mind. I love it. Well, Chuck Lavelle, I'm definitely going to have something out on social media right after our conversation this morning about all the different avenues where folks can find you. A link to the uh, television show, America's Forest with Chuck Lavelle. A link to the documentary coming up again, folks, coming out December 1st. And then uh, can I put up a link to Charlene Plantation there in Twiggs County? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, Ashley. It has been a great honor of mine to talk to you, and I wish we could just have all three hours of the show to do so, but I know you've got work to get back to. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate the invitation to talk to your wonderful listeners out there. Bye-bye. 
so much more of the conversation to go with Chuck Lavelle, but you got to go over to WSBRadio.com, click on podcasts, and look for Green and Growing. I could talk to that man, like I said, for hours, but there's so much more to the conversation that you need to hear in radio. we got to shorten things up. But coming up on 730, we'll be right back with your calls, 404-872-0750 on WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Wow. I don't know how you come back from that. That was that was fantastic choreography. So thank you to Jason for making that interview so much more in-depth with all the right music and playing all the right songs. And how could you go wrong with the Rolling Stones, the Allman Brothers Band, and Chuck Lavelle? What a pleasant surprise, an amazingly knowledgeable and passionate tree farmer in Twiggs County. And, I mean, you, you didn't even talk about the music. You just have all these opportunities to really rack his brain about the knowledge he has about the pine trees and all of that. So our conversation, I'll let you in on a little secret. No, Chuck Lavelle did not get up early on a Saturday morning. I would never do that to someone so busy. So we talked the other day. um, And for radio, I had 14 minutes. That's all I have time for. So we actually spoke for 30 minutes. That conversation so much more. We got a little more in depth into some of the problems with southern pines and even emerald ash borer. I know he touched on some of the southern pine beetles. Um, Just so much more in-depth about our forests and things he has seen traveling the country. He's traveled and done America's Forests, that show in um, Oregon and California, South Carolina. So there's so much more to, to forestry than just, you know, what we know here in Georgia, of course. So I really invite you to go to WSBRadio.com or Spotify or Google Play. Um, but on WSB Radio, go to podcasts and then find Green and Growing. And I, for you, I put the whole conversation up. It was too good to not. Um, half an hour with Chuck Lavelle, and you'll learn so, so much. So keeping it rolling with experts and people who are much wiser than me, 404 750 is the number. I know a lot of you have a lot more information. So you never just have to think you need to call with a question. You can always call and offer up some advice or maybe some helpful tips. Um, I know Jason and I, we talked about three weeks ago, and I'm going to admit something bad here, uh, planting garlic together. I mean, apart, but together, because Jason and I don't live together. So we said we're going to plant it at the same time, and uh, then we were going to see what happens in April or May. Did you really plant yours? Because I didn't. Mine is planted. I planted Uh, an entire bulb. God, you're so good. I got distracted. So I haven't done it yet. Um, And I was reading a lot of things about it, so that's one of the things I'm going to do today. Uh, asking, you know, people were asking if you have to soak it in water first and all that. And like, no, really don't overthink this. Planting garlic is so easy. Uh, yeah. And half of what I've bought is already germinating. So, wow. yeah. yeah. So I just stuck it in the ground. We'll see what happens. Now, did you get yours from the store, though? 
Yeah, I got mine in the local grocery store. See, me too. And then I've also read mixed reviews about that. You know, don't plant the stuff from the store. But we'll just, I mean, it's an experiment. All gardening is and is, is, is an experiment, right? Yeah, it was a little corner of uh, my wife's garden yeah. that gets full sun all day. And I stuck it in the ground. We'll see what happens. No harm, no foul. So I'm really going to do that today. And something fun that I did this week, too, is harvest my sweet potatoes. And I sound like such a geek getting so excited about that. But I've looked at this large pot on my back deck for months. I think April is when I planted them. And I got a purple sweet potato. So the flesh, instead of orange, is purple. And it's so rare. But I got it from the uh, extension agent in Cherokee County and let it sprout some little eyes. And I think I put two into the pot back in April. And, I mean, the vines were beautiful. It was a great pot for the deck. It was really visual, really, really colorful, appealing. Um and got just enough, you know, rain. I started off real strong fertilizing it and kind of forgot as the, as the late summer came. But there's a video on the Facebook page on Green and Growing WSB of me harvesting the sweet potatoes. And how many did I have? Did I have just a plethora of purple sweet potatoes or did I only get a few? You'll have to watch the video and see. So that was something fun, just revealing that. Um, and there's so much else on the docket, you know, things we've got to get done in the landscape. Yeah, it's not too late to seed fescue either. Um, that's something that we're constantly thinking about this time of year. So many of you going, oh good, I haven't I haven't missed the window. Your your window's closing, uh, but it's not too late that it's not going to be productive. So that's something else we could do. So talking about trees, we've talked about storm damage with Walter Reeves earlier in the show with Walter Wonders, obviously our conversation with Chuck Lavelle there, tree farmer. And recently, this is a conversation I had with the GDOT spokesperson, Natalie Dale, um, we have such a good relationship on the traffic team with everybody over at GDOT, and are so thankful for she and Commissioner McMurray and Scott Higley and the work that they do. And so I knew getting questions from all of you about things that you're seeing on the roads, I could tie that in with a garden show. Um, so we got something from Judy, who was asking about taking trees down on Georgia 400. I thought it would just be interesting for you to hear what the Georgia DOT has to say about it. So here's my conversation with Natalie Dale. So I've got a great guest here today. I wanted to have a quick conversation with a spokesperson for the Georgia DOT, Natalie Dale. Hey, good morning, Natalie. Good morning. So I knew you were just the person for this question, and I really appreciate you coming on. A listener, Judy, reached out to myself and to Walter Reeves, and she was trying to figure out, do we reach out to you guys or the WSB traffic team? But here was Judy's question. She said, I just went south on Georgia 400 all the way through Alpharetta down to about Old Milton Parkway. And since late summer, I've seen the demolition of what appear to be perfectly fine trees. So just wondering what the plan is from the Georgia Department of Transportation and clearing these trees in Forsyth and North Fulton. And I know you know, Natalie. You know, we did do some digging because um, we weren't immediately aware if it was a project that was going on or part of our vegetation management program. And turns out it is part of our vegetation management program. Um, and that is something that we really um, had to get our arms around about two years ago. In, in 2018, we started um, a vegetation management program overgrowth of vegetation in our right-of-way. Um, and that was beholden upon GDOT as part of our right-of-way to keep and maintain. And, and for many years, we just didn't have the resources. And so now um, that we have more funding, we were looking at areas that really needed to have better control, be better maintained statewide. Um, and this is this is one of them. And, and there are several reasons. Number one was, our, was safety. We love beautiful roads in Georgia. We have talked about the Keep It Clean Georgia initiative to cut down on litter. 
we love our roads to look beautiful, but, but there is a balance on keeping our roads beautiful and keeping them safe. And what we noticed, very startling, was that a, a great majority of fatalities on our roadway and accidents on our roadway were, were roadway departures where someone went off the road and hit a stationary object. And the stationary object that came up was trees. Yeah, more so that, than poles, more so than signs, right. more so than guardrails, sure. Right, more so than hitting a, a bridge, um, is that when you leave the roadway, your car is going to stop with the first thing you hit. And, and unfortunately, when you have trees in what we call the clear zone, your car is going to hit that tree. And so, um, and that could, of course, have devastating consequences. So our goal was to reclaim the clear zones in Georgia so that if you fell asleep behind the wheel, if you had a medical emergency and drove off the road, you would be able to correct in that clear zone before something devastating happens. So one we, of the we second, looked at that. One of the second reasons, Natalie, could very well be, you know, we've got the cold weather coming up and we know the, the roads ice over, but the trees do too. Right. And so you've got, um, whether it's a hurricane, a storm that comes through or an ice situation, a, a winter storm, these trees come down. I mean, y- y'all report all the time on some of these traffic situations where y'all see trees are coming down mm-hmm. um, during these storm events or even just diseased or dead trees that come down. Those are on our right-of-way, and that's our responsibility. Uh, so we want to keep our roads safe. We want to keep them clear for emergency vehicles. We want to prevent trees that fall from falling in the roadway and perhaps on top of a vehicle. Uh, and so we, we have gone through and we have looked at areas that need to be better maintained, and that, that in many cases means Again, pushing back that clear zone. And we have worked with Forestry Department. We've worked with um, Army Corps of Engineers in many instances. Um, We've worked with many of our partner agencies to make sure that we are doing this in an environmentally sensitive way, that in many cases we go back, uh, we grass, we have pollinator gardens down medians that we're doing this in. Um, And so we we are making our best effort to do this in a way that brings beauty back to the roadway with these projects statewide. We are trying to strike the best balance between having safe roads and beautiful roads. So that goes for the drivers who've noticed that in Forsyth, the North Fulton County's along 400 and in the last year, I-20 out west through Douglas and Cobb County. So my advice to you gardeners, if this bothers you, like it it sounded to have bothered Judy just a little bit, you plant a tree, take it upon yourself, you and your family, planted in your own landscape and we do make up for the trees that we have to take down well natalie dale great answer thank you very much for having all the right answers for the questions of the listeners here of green and growing thank you i love it when my work worlds collide it makes things a little easier i killed two birds with one stone there so yep on the traffic team monday through friday right here on wsb during atlanta's morning news and then hosting the garden show on Saturday. And someone I was working with yesterday for an event just discovered that I have a garden show too. They're like, you're the same, wait, you're the traffic reporter. You're the same person that does the garden show. I'm like, yeah, that's me. A lot of weird interests. I'm kind of all over the place. 404-872-0750 is the number. So we just talked about planting. We, we talked about planting trees with Chuck and then with Natalie, you know, how you can kind of make up for some of the uh, deforestation that has to happen just as a matter of progress. So this is the great time of year, one of the best, to plant trees and shrubs. Um, and I did get an email from Haley. She's got uh, a knockout rose that she has not planted yet in Dahlonega. And how would she go about getting that ready for winter? And should she wait till next spring to plant it? I honestly think that goes into the category of trees and shrubs. It's okay to do it. But anything like that that you're doing, uh, well, a shrub anyways, 
I wouldn't prune and I wouldn't fertilize. I think when you prune it before you put it into the ground, it's going to put extra stress on it. Um, don't fertilize some of these things because now is not the time that they need the energy and they're not trying to put on more leaves, more flowers. So fertilizing is just going to kind of interrupt the natural cycle that it's getting ready to go into. Um, knock out roses, plant in a place where they receive at least at least six to eight hours of sun a day. Such an easy, easy shrub to deal with. And uh, if concerned about putting something new that seems a little vulnerable in the ground with, you know, frosts that may occur here in the next few weeks, um, cover the entire plant all the way to the base. Whether you use plastic or an old sheet or something like that, you're wasting your time if you don't cover it all the way to the base of the plant. Put down a rock or a brick or tuck it up under a pot or something like that to make sure that cover doesn't um, blow away. And Walter Reeves, for so many years on this show, talked about uh, using black plastic, actually, which I thought was counterintuitive. But the black plastic, the sun's going to be reflected off of it and go back out versus if you have like an old shower curtain liner or something like that that's clear. It's going to get so, so hot in there and almost bake the shrub. We don't want to do that. But of course, you don't want to leave it on for any extended period of time, just enough to protect from an evening frost and maybe into the morning. All right. Coming up on 748. Take a break and check traffic and weather, and we'll be back with the top three things you need to do in the landscape this weekend, and you've got all week to do it as well, and more of your calls on Green and Growing. Dial it now, 404-872-0750. We'll be right back after this. listen to this for a little bit longer. <laughs> All right, we've got a few minutes until we hit the top of the hour, so that'll be hour number three. Don't forget where you're home of the dogs. You know this, so the uh, dogs have already gotten down, uh, arrived in Jacksonville, Florida, of course, for the Georgia-Florida game. A little bit different weekend this year, but everything's different this year. So stay tuned here. Dave Baker's going to go off the air about half an hour early for our pregame and tailgate coverage at 11.30, kickoff at 3.30, just enough time for me to go home, take a snooze, wake back up, and be up on time for kickoff at 3.30 and listen right here on WSB, your home of the dog. So weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitt says today and tomorrow are going to be very similar. Highs in the low to mid-70s and lows only dipping around 60. So we're still kind of at that low of 61 right here in, in midtown Atlanta. It's just going to be partly cloudy, no rain to fear. That may not enter into the forecast until around Tuesday. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, so we've talked about some great things on the show today. Here's just three simple things to focus your attention on this weekend. They're timely. Uh, number one, stake new trees that are subject to being blown over by strong winds. Also give it some thought. If you just recently planted a tree, you got to have it mulched, but not the mulch right up against the trunk. Um, but also putting something up around that to protect the trunk, whether it's like a a mesh or a netting or something like that. Or some of you do wooden stakes in the ground and then kind of that construction flimsy uh, metal, not metal, uh, like a flimsy plastic kind of around it, but you're protecting from deer too, deer or rabbits or something that are going to try to 
rub up against the tree. So do that, stake it, and make sure newly planted trees and shrubs stay watered consistently. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Number two, the best control for heavy infestation of annual bluegrass, Poa annua, is to apply a pre-emergent weed chemical. And so we talked about that back in mid-September, right? The time to apply a pre-emergent. Now is a good time to do it once more. If you did it in September, great. If you didn't, that's okay. Something is better than nothing. So now would be a good time to do that. And number three, shred fallen leaves and spread them on your flower beds. And they're good for the compost pile. And I got to say, a few days ago, I went on my friend's website, joegardner.com. That's Joe Lample's site. He is local, a television host and a gardener right here in the metro Atlanta area. And we've had him on the show before. He's a great guy, a great resource. And on his website, and he's had a podcast, I think, about it too, shredding leaves and using those as garden mulch. And I kind of opened up the show with, oh, my God, I've had such a hard time figuring out how to shred leaves myself. I don't have the right tools for it. But running over them with a mower, I guess I'm overthinking that. That is pretty easy. Using a string trimmer or something like a weed eater to kind of shred those up. But it's important that they do get shredded because they give so much more back to the ground when the trees take nutrients out of the soil, they come up through the roots, they come up through the tree, and then everything is stored in the leaves. So as those fall, that just makes for great organic matter when you reuse those. Um, so something to think about there. You can chop them, uh, shred them up however you need, and then use maybe a two-inch layer of leaf mulch in those beds. If you're using it as a mulch to suppress weeds, retain water, it does everything that mulch functions to do. Um, and something, number four, if you haven't already, you can start to cut back your elephant ears and your canna lilies, those summer bulbs, those summer perennials, rhizomes that um, that are starting to kind of, you know, fade a little bit now. That's something good to do. It's not going to hurt it at all. So 758, we're going to come back and take your calls on green and growing anything, any garden question you've got we can tackle 404-872-0750 and then at 830 Pike Nursery it's Christmas time you'll understand what they're moving on to next on Green and Growing on WSB When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.